It is Tuesday, August 16. This is the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you. If you're just tuning in, Liverpool and Crystal Palace finished at 1-1 at Anfield this morning. So that's uh, two draws to start the season for Liverpool. Uh, just this text on the Calum Ponga Kurt Mann video. Hey, boys, I'm with Clarky. Whoever videoed Ponga is an absolute goose, but bad form from Ponga. It was Saturday Arvo. The side hadn't even played in Brisbane that night. Uh, we are struggling with recruitment as it is. This won't help. And uh, the club investigating, of course, that video that emerged of Ponga and Kurt Mann leaving a toilet cubicle together. But uh, Kalen's father, Andre, who uh, to- he's told News Corp, he made an, an exciting house purchase on Saturday, did Kalen. And he celebrated with his mates. He was sick in the toilet and his mate went in to help him. So uh, we'll see what comes of all this, but uh, no doubt the optics aren't great for the Newcastle Knights. Well, what are you, what are you, you no, saying? I've, uh, I've said my piece. I've said something. my piece. You're accusing Andre Ponger I, of Phoebe. I actually can't remember exactly what I said this morning at about 6 o'clock, but I'm not going to try again. <laughs> Looking forward to uh, Dennis Bullfrog Richie's uh, response to this. I can't wait to speak. Are we speaking to Denny today? <laughs> Denny's can't wait to speak to Denny. <laughs> Give me his tomorrow. words, not mine. I've said my piece. <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, and Latrell Mitchell didn't finish training with the Bunnies yesterday. They got Penrith in a grand final rematch Thursday night. So he was uh, icing his groin. And uh, South favourite for that game against Penrith. They're $1.65 with Tab. The Panthers, $2.25. The Eels, they got the Bulldogs, who touched them up back on the June long weekend earlier this year. Morning, Gutho. Good morning, men. How are we? Yeah, pretty good for a Tuesday, mate. And no doubt uh, you and your teammates have been searching for some answers since Friday night. What have you come up with as the catalyst for that result so far? Um, yeah, we did our review yesterday, got back in the train, and then uh, had a look at it. It wasn't, wasn't pretty. It wasn't what we wanted to wanted to be watching. But, uh, look, there's a lot of things that uh, we need to fix, and they just beat us at our game off the kickoff and uh, went straight through the middle of us. That, and that's what we pride ourselves on, our, our tough through the middle, and... Uh, we didn't turn up with the right attitude there. And um, obviously a great team like that in good form are going to touch you up. And uh, that's what they did to us. But uh, we re- reviewed it, got what we needed out of it and uh, moved forward now. Jeez, I was disappointed, Gutho. I've been riding you blokes all year and thinking that you win the comp. And I'm just about to jump off. Tell <laughs> me, jump off don't yet. jump off yet. No, definitely not yet. Uh, still a long way to go. Uh, three, three more weeks in the season and uh, see what happens there. And um, Look, it, it's disappointing the, the way we turned up on the weekend and um, after two great performances, it uh, probably happened a little bit too much this year that like that are two good games and then um, absolute shocker. But uh, look, we're, we're still fighting. We're still still working hard to, to try and fix the problem. And uh, as I said, three more weeks and then we can see what happens. Your coach, Brad Arthur, said there was just no physicality, that you were too tentative. I mean, how personally have uh, the players taken that? And, and do you put that on each other? When, in your review, do you sort of, you know, really ask questions of each other? Because I can only imagine, well, that to be told that by your coach is uh, quite confronting. Yeah, the the middle took it very personally. Uh, we had a pretty pretty honest review session yesterday and, uh, we watched the first set and they rolled a 65 metres and put a uh, good ball kick up. So uh, obviously to start the game, that's not a good good set to go and uh, sort of just snowballed from there. But um, our middles really took that personally, what Brad said. And um, look, hopefully it, it, 
it creates a bit of spark and they can uh, come out this weekend. And um, as you just said, the Bulldogs touched us up earlier in the year and uh, we need to go out there with, with a bit of... Um, Bit of pride and, and go after the game. Gus, so how do you how do you go into finals footy with the uncertainty around what para team's going to show up? Because I feel like we, we've sat here with you, you know, twenty times this year, and and I know what it's like also being in the players situation mm. where you, you train well, your preparation's good, you feel like you do everything the same, yet come game day, it's like. Man, what just happened? How did we get bowled out for a hundred? Where two days ago we made four hundred and fifty. But mm. sometimes you just don't know the answer. But how do you take that as as the leader into finals footy and and feel confident? Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, that's the frustrating thing. We we train, as you said, we train really well yeah. all week. Uh, we think we're going to go out there and just put in a great performance, and uh, we turn up to the game. Everyone's confident, and then. Uh, you you walk off the field and say, yeah, exactly. How how, how did that happen? But mm. uh, look, it's something uh, we've been trying to figure out for a while now, and uh, we we need to figure it out uh, quickly because, um, as you said, it's coming up to the yeah. to the business end with with only three rounds left. And uh, look, we have to be ready to go. We have to come out this weekend and and start. And um, it, it's still just taking a week in week out, but. Um, look, we have to turn up. Soon there's not going to be a second chance or another week. They're a dangerous footy side at the back, and they have been for the last few months, Gutho. I mean, they did touch up early in the season, but they can score from anywhere. So defensively, you're going to have to be on song. Yeah, exactly. They're, they've sort of got nothing to lose at the moment, and uh, that's, that's shown in their footy. Even the last three or four weeks, they've been in until about 15, 20 minutes to go, and um, other teams have just sort of scored a couple of late ones, but uh, we're wary of uh, what they're going to bring in. They're going to be full of confidence to what they did to us um, last game. And as I said, we, we have to go out there after what Brad said um, about our team and, and our middles. It's, it's as I said, hopefully uh, a little bit of a, a bit of a flame and uh, they take it personally. And um, after our review yesterday, we can sort of look each other in the eyes and, and go out there and put in a good game. Just remind Reed Barney who he's playing for this week. But seriously, <laughs> oh <laughs> slap! I want to see if he kisses the badge when he scores again. Kiss that para badge. I <laughs> oh, love it. The old Dougie Bollinger go the wrong side. Remember Dougie went to kiss the Aussie coat of arms and got the VB logo. I think that's what he did last time versus two. That's what we lost. <laughs> but seriously, what a loss he's going to be for you. Yeah, he's been great for us. Um, obviously, debuted here a few years ago, and he's going to be a massive loss. But uh, look, he, he's just a competitor. He'll go yeah. uh, go out on the weekend and do do what he needs to do. And um, he, his head's still here at the moment. It's not like he's, he's looking too far forward. And uh, you can see in his performances when things aren't going right, he, he tries he tries his ass off every game. And uh, that's what we need from Reedy. It's going to be a big loss, but uh, hopefully, we've still got a fair few games uh, left with him. Not that he's going to say oh, solve all your problems, but is Mitch Moses likely to play this weekend? I think he's pushing for it. Um, I think he has to see the surgeon or, or get a uh, last clearance or, or something like that um, in the next couple of days. But he's definitely working hard and um, pushing towards this week. And uh, look, hopefully uh, he's, he's a quality player and uh, hopefully we can have him back on the field. How do you practice for those massive bombs that are coming your way from Burton, buddy? <laughs> I don't know. Not many can put them up in our team. Uh, My God, it's probably half the size. But look, we, I think we handled them pretty well last game, and mm. it's just about backing yourself. You you just go in and, and be confident, uh, attack the ball, and uh, if you drop one, you drop one. But uh, he, he's 
he puts them up from anywhere. So he's, he's hidden torpies from his own 20-metre line that goes 70 metres. So he's got to be ready for it and, uh, and, and take the challenge head on. What, what do you do there, Gutho? And I've, I always found, regardless of whether it's the big torps or... And again, I wasn't a fullback. But the, the time that I played a couple of games at fullback, the in-between kick, the in-between the winger and the fullback, Yours? Oh, yeah, and you're just, you're unsure. I can only imagine when you're unsure, but that type of bomb's coming at you. Yeah, it's a bit, um, as you said, when when the, when he hits them perfectly and they're, they're sort of floating up there and you don't know where it's going to land. And um, I, I like just taking it on. I'll, I'll yell out right. pretty early and, and go after the ball. And as I said, you'd rather be confident and go after it and, and drop it that way than, than let it bounce because you never know where the bouncing ball's going to go. And uh, you just got to back yourself. I'll back myself. Um, all the time and, and just go after it. Does he play fullback? A couple of times, yeah. I, I haven't, you heard, haven't you heard his fullback story? <laughs> I played that he against, and I played against was PNG. That against, oh, yeah, Papua New Guinea, yeah, when he oh, refused to catch refused it. refused to catch Could it. Could hear the footsteps. <laughs> Ran the other way. Mate, they were Australia. charging. They were charging at me. And I knew that tough I was going to Tough daily. He was tough back in the day. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I'd always blame the winger. I'd say, mate, it split us. It split us. Hey, I didn't know. I didn't know whether the winger wanted it. I was the opposite to Gutho in cricket. If it went up, it was like... Gillies or Hads, anyone with gloves on a George, get me out of there. No way was I going for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was a coward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling yeah, you, well, you yeah. play PNG and you're fullback, oh. they're coming after you. 13 Justin yeah. Ollams coming out. Yeah, 13 yeah, Justin no Ollams. There you go. Gutho, how's your body? Again, big season. Um, how do you feel, you know, obviously getting closer to the finals as well, personally? Yeah, my body's actually feeling really good. Um, probably the best it's been in a few years at this time of the year. And it's just about maintenance and, and mm. staying on top of it. And um, probably getting a little bit older. So after sessions, you've got to do a bit more recovery. And, yeah. um, just all the little things, all the little things sort of add up at this time of year. And um, yeah, as I said, I, I'm feeling really good, which is a massive bonus. And obviously you get your, uh, your hits and um, everything after the games. But just being able to go every week, it's um, this is when you want to be playing and uh, these are the games you want to be be playing in. You don't want to miss them just from a little niggle or something like that. All right, I've just found four minutes seventeen of highlights of a nineteen ninety one match <laughs> between PNG and Australia. So oh, okay. uh, look, I'm, I'm going to go sit on the table and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Gutho, thanks so much, mate. Uh, and good luck against the Dogs this week. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. And uh, Clint Gutherson, there. The market with Tab has para a. Dollar thirty six, so they're eight and a half point favourites at the line. The dogs three dollars twenty, although the dogs touched up by the Warriors uh, the other day. Although thirty four to four back in June, and I let's, can't believe that scoreline. Now you and said it. Well, since oh, then the dogs have got better. You'd have yeah. to say considerably, except obviously having a, a, a poor result there for them on the weekend. Yeah, Travelling to going New to be, Zealand's yeah, tough. Short turnaround yep. as well. They didn't have too long to prepare for that game, and the Warriors, their form being back at home mm. has been pretty good. Honestly, the stuff you find on YouTube, seriously. We were just watching these highlights of uh, Australia and the PNG, Papua New Guinea back in 1991. Loz, like, just human kamikaze mission. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, oh. seriously. The weather's unbelievable. Um, yeah, but uh, this is not the game we are thinking that you might no. have played fullback. No, it was in Townsville. Okay, right. Oh, that's I, a shame. I don't know what year it was. That's a shame. So it would have been early 90s because Gary Belcher went to the wing, I think. 92, John O tells me. 92, was it? Yeah. Yeah, Townsville. Okay. I'll go searching. Give yeah. us a call, 1353 53. Uh, morning, Shane. Hey, Mido, hey, boys, how are you? Good, Good day, Shana. Shana. 
It's good to be able to go for a jog. Um, <laughs> Lie. <laughs> fellas, um, first up, Clarky. Yes, buddy. Um, thanks, buddy, for David Nofaluma. Oh, yeah, I know. I did see that when I was away. Oh, oh man, Tigers. We, yep, we, we like to let them go. That's Much for sure. Appreciate it. Look, can we get um, when uh, Munster goes to Dolphins? Can we get Dewey or um, or Hastings? You're only going to say please, mate. Sounds like we'll uh, we'll be happy to help out. Thanks, buddy. Um, fellas, I watched the uh, Titans Miami game. Um, what's the body language between Jake and all the boys and the the Silent Seven? There is no body language. Jake's barking out orders. You've virtually got two separate teams playing. Um, it has driven a wedge into this manly side. And I don't know what they're going to do to turn around. But you, you've got to admit, is it enjoyable watching manly tear themselves apart? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jake's out for the season now, by the way, as well. Broken hand. So oh, what, just, what, what, just what they needed. Just what they need at this point in time. I mean, the next three weeks could get real ugly. Man. It's fun, isn't it? it you just Rugby league's in a great place. When Manly struggle, it's just sensational. <laughs> it's oh, funny look. with Manly because, like, as a Norse fan, that Manly team of the nineties you just hated. Mm. You really, unless you're a Manly fan, of course. But I, I don't look at this Manly team like that. They, they, they don't have. They're, they're not as hateable as they used to be. Oh, they used to be. Yeah. Uh, with Hopper and all. Oh, oh yeah, Terry. I've, Terry Hill. I've never field. hated man. Oh, like my grandmother please. used to support him, so I've never hated. Remember, I said, I'd have been last year or the year before. I said, oh, nah, my old man was a Magpie supporter, and he never hated Manly, <laughs> mate. I looked at my phone about five minutes later, and my old man messaged me going, "How dare you? Yeah. They're my most hated team." <laughs> I was like, "Your old man, well, right, right in the middle of that mate, rivalry. He hates Manly, but mm. I've never." I don't know. I've, yeah, well, I've we never had a great felt rivalry that. with Manly when we were playing back yeah, in the nineties, but only because they were a good side. Yeah, and we got beaten by them in a grand final in nineteen eighty-seven. So mm. we had great rivalry with mm. Manly and, and the Broncos. But yeah, a lot of teams, a lot, a lot of people hate them. hate them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So Shane, that was uh, the point of this phone call. Just to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hate on Manly. To yeah. Tick. Describe your glee of Manly's <laughs> predicament. It's, it's sensational. You know, the worst type of supporter. Is a bloke that followed the Bears and now follows me. No, no, I don't follow me. No, 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 no. Let me make that clear. I've got a couple of Bears mates who now do follow Manly and it is never a topic of conversation because of my absolute disgust in their life choices. So that does not happen, I promise you. All right, good on you. Listen, bring in the Perth Bears sooner than later. Boy. Well, what about Storm? They, they, they win in the GF or what, Shana? We're back, baby. We're yeah, back. I reckon you are too. I've been telling Loz for a couple of months now. Don't write them off. No. Well, mate, you had more confidence in them than me, Clarky, because I'd written them off a few weeks ago, but no. I don't know what Bellamy's done. He's sprinkled some magic dust. Yeah. and it's I don't know. I mean, this, this new deal they're doing with um, Munster switching with Meany in and out of 5-8, it's looking like a master stroke at the moment. Mm. It will be a miracle, but I'm just happy Manly are gone. That's my main one. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, oh, Shane. O. Thanks it. for the call as always. Yeah, the Storm seven fifty into five dollars fifty after their uh, win against like Henrith. Oh, I don't know if I like him to win, but I, I like him in the GF. Uh, we've got Andrew. G'day, Andrew. Hey guys, how are you going, mate? Not too bad on a Tuesday yourself. Oh, not too bad. Driving up the valley. Good day. What have you got for us this morning? Uh, just a couple of things on the, the Ponga thing you guys touched 
on the whole Ponga situation on how bad it looks and the look of it, and he just can't do it, what he's doing. Um, but on the whole value for money, like, I live in Newcastle, I follow the Roosters, I'm from Sydney and that, but they up here, they love their footy team. They turn up every week and they expect an effort. Yeah. You get 22,000 people in a stadium and they're losing every week. That's commitment. And they all they want is effort. And you see that, that's not effort. Mm. Like, you look at Ted, the you know, go, he's getting paid almost the same money as Ponga. And look at what Teddy does to the rest. Every week he shows up. You never see him in the papers. He's always puts in, you know, plays his best for the Roosters, and he's in the wild in Australia. doesn't matter who he, what jersey he wears, he puts in. Well, I know some Newcastle fans, diehards, who are losing patience big time with Caelan Ponga. Mm. Is that the sense you're starting to get? I know up there, obviously, very popular with particularly young people, but uh, are you getting the sense that some people are starting to turn? Yeah, they wanted Munster to come. They wanted Munster might have come to Newcastle a little inkling ages ago. They were like, get rid of Ponga and find someone else. They didn't want him there. Yeah, Interesting. Uh, Andrew, appreciate the call, mate. There you go. So, yeah. see, I, I think, I think Pong is a, another example of the best player doesn't make the best leader or the best captain. You know, Ponga's got a bit of that. He's that X-factor player that, to me, you, you want him in your team because he can win your game on his own. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's the right guy to captain your club or lead your team. I, I think your best leader is your best leader. Not not your best player, and maybe this is maybe this is something that Newcastle have to have to think about. He he might be better off just being that, you know, X factor player that plays his natural game and does his thing, not actually is the one driving the club's values and uh, the direction they want to go. Yeah, they need strong leaders. Yeah, you know, if you've got your best player and he's the leader and he's doing stuff against club policy. That's not right. You know, it, 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 the, the problem is... It, Do they give him it, the leadership to keep? Like, you know, again, yeah, two months ago, we're talking about is he leaving, yeah. is he staying? Well, Have they done that to keep well, him? It's all sort of changed. Like, when we were playing, you could, you could get away with it. All right? But nowadays, players are on a million bucks a year. It's a professional sport. They, the expectations are high. And if you want to have a professional organisation, professional team, you've got to have leadership where you can hold everyone to account. Yeah. You, you've got to have people to be able to talk to your best player and say, mate, what are you doing? What are you doing? That, that's the wrong thing. And you've got to be able to look him in the eye and tell him that you've done the wrong thing, you've stuffed up, and yeah. again... But is, you know, you the, isn't, is the coach not dragging him in today or yesterday to have that conversation with him? Yeah, but Surely. Well, he, he would be, but what, it's too what, late. What, but it's too late. What you, you'd like to think is that you shouldn't have to tell your captain you that. You would like but to think that after the injuries that he's had... I understand that. He, he shouldn't be out drinking. Yeah, and he I, shouldn't be out on the Saturday afternoon when his team's playing on Saturday night. Yeah, I understand With that. a skin full. Yeah. If he's going to do it, do it at home, and then no one sees it. I mean, it's just the optics just aren't great. Mm. That, that's, that's the thing. It just doesn't look great what he's done. Here's a thought. What would Craig Bellamy do behind closed doors if he was the coach? Could you imagine? Well, you know what? He, that is a good example because look at his two best players. Mate, we're having this conversation about Munster and 
um, Brandon Smith, Brandon last, Smith year. last year. So, again, don't sit there. This is the part that I hate where we go, oh, culture, culture, culture. Okay, we sit here and say Craig Bellamy's, is he not, if he's not the best coach ever, he's up there. Yet, his culture had distractions last year as well. Two biggest fish in the pond. You know, so it happens everywhere in all sports and all players, age, no matter what it is, make mistakes. What I'm saying, no coincidence, Munster's not captain of Melbourne, is he? Brandon Smith's not captain of Melbourne, is he? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're two of their best players. That's my point with Ponga. You might be the best player in the team. Doesn't mean you're the right guy to lead the club. Uh, By the way, Shane... Uh, a lot of Manly fans are texting in, and I can pretty much read none of them. <laughs> Just defending their club after your call, that's all. 1-1 Liverpool and Crystal Palace at Anfield this morning in the Premier League. Wilfred Zaha put Palace ahead. Then Darwin Nunes was sent off for a headbutt. And then uh, five minutes later, Liverpool equalised through Luis Diaz. They dominated possession, but uh, just couldn't get the winner. The Reds, so they've started the season with two draws. Palace have had a loss and a draw two games in. Uh, give us a call, 133 53. Send us a text, 0419767272. Loz, there's uh, a big story down south in the AFL, which uh, could have some repercussions for GWS here in Sydney. Essendon is a club in turmoil at the moment after an 84-point loss to Port Adelaide on Sunday. They're 15th on the ladder. Seven wins, 14 losses. Their president has stood down. The club's announced an external review. Coach Ben Rutten, he's barely holding on. But uh, it could be a blow for GWS because all reports in the Herald Sun and in the Melbourne media are that now Essendon will chase Alastair Clarkson. And if you're Alastair Clarkson, probably the prestige of Essendon is going to be hard to hold out because they are a massive club there in Victoria. I can't believe it's taken them this long. Uh, I, I think that he should have been approached weeks ago. Um, hopefully it's not... Well, hopefully he hasn't done a deal with North Melbourne yet if you're an Essendon uh, supporter uh, because they're a massive club. They've got huge membership. They've got plenty of money and their playing list is very good. You know, they should have possibly been playing finals this year. They, they should be going a lot better than what they're going at the moment. They got beaten by 80-something points on the weekend against Port Adelaide. And Alistair Clarkson, I think he would be a, attracted to the Essendon job. But obviously, he's deep in discussions with North Melbourne. And they're believed to be offering him a five-year term on around $1.6 million a year. So Essendon would be able to match that. Um, and they're a big club, and they're a very good team, and it wouldn't be as long, um, you know, long time building that squad to getting it to a semi-final and challenging for a premiership. I think North Melbourne is probably a number of years away, whereas you look at Essendon, you probably think two or three, they could be challenging for a comp. So this will be enticing for him, but the problem will be the time frame and whether he's agreed or not with North Melbourne. Mm. Well, GWS had, I think, four or five meetings with Clarkson. So it appears now they're probably choice three uh, or pretty much out of the race, which is a massive blow for the Giants. Mm. They're talking about now Adam Uze, the assistant at Melbourne, being the number one contender there, and McVeigh is likely to miss out on that position. Um, And they've had some improvements under McVeigh. 
um, but they probably want to go for a, a more experienced assistant coach in Adam Uze. So he looks as though he might be the one that's going to take the GWS Giants job uh, next season. But if you're a Bombers fan, you'd be excited about the prospect of Alistair Clarkson going there and turning the great club around. We've got Sean on the line. Morning, Sean. Morning. How are we today? No, not too bad. You? Not bad, mate. Mate, just want a bit of background for myself first. I struggled a lot when I was a teenager with mental health issues. I buried a lot of mine with the alcohol, and I've been sober for now six and a half years, which I'm very proud of. Good on you. Um, Great stuff. But I think we don't do enough in the NRL to, to make this awareness. And I come up with an idea. I don't know if you guys agree with it or not, but I think every club should have are you okay on their, on their jersey? Now, if that's, if that's, if that's every week that, that that is out there, the message is out there every week without having the rounds that, that we do, which we can't squeeze in sometimes, at least the awareness will still be there with clubs. Now, I, I can't see why they can't have a... Like, I know there's a lot of sponsors on jerseys nowadays and maybe a sleeve which says, are you okay? I can't see why we can't do something like that for the, for the, for the people that are having problems with their mental health issues. Yeah, well, I can't. Uh, disagree with you there, Sean. I think the more awareness, the better. And it's something that we are continually um, struggling with, men in particular, uh, to talk about issues that they're facing and the challenges that, that are at hand. And obviously everyone knows someone that's been affected by, by mental health. And yep. if rugby league wanted to take the lead, uh, they possibly could. Uh how much impact that would make, I'm unsure. But the more we talk about it, the more we see it, and the more we uh, respect the situation that everyone is in, and the more we encourage everyone to talk about it and yeah, and, and tell people that there's there's options out there rather than the options that you're thinking about taking, um, there's always people there to help and discuss issues with you. Um, but that's a, that's an idea, and I'm sure the NRL would be thinking of ways that we can help, you know, stop people um, doing what they've done in the past and taking their lives. Because yep, if you lose one, that's way too many. Yep, that's way too many, mate. Exactly right, bud. Mm. So, but well done to you, mate. Well done to you for doing what you've done. Um, and you're in a better place for it, no doubt about that. 100%, mate. My yeah. life's changed for... The, the million percent better, you know, but that's uh, all good, mate. So, yeah, you can get it out there more. Why not, mate? More promote mental health, especially for men and women. It goes to both. Yep. Yep. Um, but as guys, you know, we don't talk about stuff. We tend to bottle it up and, and uh, you, you, you're weak if you, if you talk about stuff. You're not weak, mate. It's, uh, it's the best thing. You'll talk about it, but without a shadow of a doubt. No, great stuff. Sean, appreciate the call, mate. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Uh, we have Brian. Morning, Brian. Morning, boys. Just well done to Sean, too. Previous yep. caller. No, good stuff, Brian. Mate, just want to touch on Kale and Ponga issue. Go Why for it. haven't the police investigated the bloke filming in a toilet? Now, if that was a lady getting filmed in a toilet, there'd be a bigger uproar than anything. You're in a private place. I thought we had laws against filming in toilets. Well, I guess it was technically not in the toilet as if they were walking out of yeah. the toilet yeah. and they were in the bathroom. So, yeah. you know, I don't know exactly what the law is in that regard, but uh, the, the filming has, well, the film bit I saw was Ponger and Man walking out of the cubicle back into the bathroom, yeah. wasn't directly into the toilet as such. But uh, 
I understand what you're trying to say, Brian, but I'm only it had going a caption off. there that it had a caption on there that was blurred out as well from whoever took the video. Oh, it was the, the yeah, TV something page. you put on social media. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's wrong. It doesn't care who you are, whether you're a Neville nobody or a superstar, it doesn't matter. I just think filming in the toilet's wrong. Yeah, well, Clarky made his. Yeah, I hate it. Thoughts oh, known yeah. earlier I, this morning. I think anyone sticking their mobile phone or their camera. Like that, that's it's a setup. That's a massive setup. The while the I don't even know is it a security guard or the owner of the pub, whoever it is I, I, that's asked them to get out of the cubicle. Yeah. The, obviously, there's a person standing there waiting for this to happen and got it all on camera. Like to me, that's that's scum. I I hate that, and it, and it, it's not taken anything away from. You know, if the boys are doing the wrong thing and if they shouldn't be drinking and they're injured and who knows what they're doing in the cubicle, it's not taking anything away from that. But whoever sits there, stands there and thinks, you know what, I'm going to set these blokes up and then I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I get it on camera. Then I'm going to send it to, I have to send it to, to make it front page news. Matt, I'd like to know that person's name. I'd like yeah. to know how squeaky let's clean their them. life is. Let's name them. Yeah, exactly. I'll put their name on the front of the paper. 100%. If you're going to put it out there, back yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I hate it. Good on you, Brian. Thank you. See you, uh, Now, the other story uh, in regards to, well, I'm just moving on from Newcastle, Penrith. So their chief executive, Brian Fletcher, has told News Corp, we trust the bloke in regards to Cameron Serraldo. isn't concerned that they're going to poach off-contract players to Canterbury. And uh, when you look at them, Steve Crichton, can talk to other clubs from November 1. Brian Toto, Liam Martin, Spencer Lenu. There's others as well from uh, November 1. You look at someone like Crichton in particular, he wants to play fullback. Mm-hmm. So he's he wants to, to play go there with Dylan Edwards the way he's playing. Exactly. So he wants to go and get fullback money. <laughs> it's going to be hard for. Canterbury would love, yeah. I'm sure. Well, again, but OJ Caprillo sort of developing Even there, if Penrith don't win the competition this year, their players are still going to be worth a lot more money than what they're on now. So they're probably not going to keep them all. And a perfect fit for Stephen Crichton if he wants to play fullback because there's a position open there would be to go to the Bulldogs. And he's got that relationship with Cameron Seraldo. Um but again, if, if players are off contract, then you're not doing your due diligence as a coach of another club. If you've got a vacancy on your roster and you've got money available in your salary cap to go and target a good player, just because you coached at that previous club, that, that doesn't stop you or shouldn't stop you for going having conversations with him to see whether he's interested about going to your organisation. You just can't because you're an assistant get a head coaching job somewhere else and say, well, I don't want to touch their players. No, and I think there's there's the right way that to res- do it. Yeah, there's exactly a right way right. to yeah, do it. It's, it's, I mean, so you'd be respectful, make yeah. the phone call, yeah. listen, he's off contract, yeah. I'm interested, I'm going to speak to him. So everyone's up, Trent, above Trent board. Barrett was in the exact same situation. Yeah. And I think Ivan Cleary at that stage said exactly the same about Trent, that, you know, obviously there was conversations with certain players, yeah. but it was done... Respectful. At the right time, yeah. in front of everyone, not behind closed doors, yeah. secret, as they say, poaching. Yeah, it was if, actually done the if right If you're way. still there coaching and you're having yarns about taking Different someone yeah. to the Bulldogs with you when you leave yeah. or in 12 months' time, mate, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, yeah. come with me, yeah, that'd be wrong. 
Yeah. And and you'd be entitled to be filthy at, at that. But I think once you get to that club and you put your feet under the desk. Ah, fine, I reckon. Play and on. if you've got a relationship with the previous club, you just make that phone call and say, mate, I believe he's off contract. You'd imagine, We're going to make a play for him. Yeah, you'd imagine Cam- someone Give like Cameron Serrato would actually speak to Ivan Cleary openly yeah. about it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, I reckon that's, that's play on. Yeah. I'm just thinking, if I'm Cameron Serrato, I'm now fresh feet under the desk at the Bulldogs. I'm looking at my squad going, gee, I'd love to have him at fullback. Oh, geez, at my old club, the Panthers. You're 100% got to make that phone call. I'm just thinking with uh, Craig Fitzgibbon at the Sharks, I don't think he's – because he had a similar sort of, uh, I guess, gentleman's agreement with the Roosters Mm. after leaving there. I don't think he's taken anyone from the Roosters Uh, yet. Not you know, Igavalu came from the yeah. Roosters, but I think he was off off contract. But there, there be hasn't been a big wipe name yourself player. from a club, though. But again, if someone if someone becomes available at your ex club and you've got a position mm-hmm. vacant and you've got the money to spend to recruit him, you're going to make a play for him. Because I think That's... Crichton's going to be interesting, though, because I think Crichton may want to go because, like you say, Dylan Edwards is there; he's not going anywhere. The difference between centre money and fullback money is significant, isn't it, Loss? Oh, most, most definitely. Full, fullbacks are so important to your structure, your footy team. So know? if he wants to go. Again, just do it out in the open, though. Don't yeah. do it, you know, Chinese whispers or behind closed doors. Like, actually be open about yeah, it. I don't see the issue. Have there the conversation openly the and honestly. Club. And I think that's two coaches that do have respect for each other mm. just being straight up about it. Yeah. And, and, and they'd understand. They'd understand. I mean, Ivan Cleary's been at the Warriors. He's been at yeah. the Tigers. Yeah. Um, you know, so he knows how it works and how it operates. If you've got a position available, you've got salary cap space to make it happen, just because you've been at a club previous to that doesn't mean you, you can't talk to them. Brad Davidson coming up shortly uh, to break down what occurred last weekend at Rose Hill and Group 1 Racing returns to Royal Randwick on Saturday. The first Group 1 of the season, the Winx Stakes, all in markets are there with Tab. And for the Winx Stakes, he got Enemo at $2.50, Forbidden Love $4.50, last year's winner Mawanga at $5.00, Fangirl is $11 along with Cascadian, also Hinged and Profondo, all at $11 there and uh, some great noms. For the Wink Stakes, you got the Silver Shadow as part of the Princess Series as well there on Saturday at Randwick. And Brad Davidson's joining us now. G'day, Brad. Morning, guys. How are we going? Yeah, really well, thank you. Going back to Rose Hill on Saturday and the Rosebud. Well, Space Walk threw it away. It did, no doubt about that. Late in in the concluding stages there. And uh, Zuccarino was able to take uh, advantage of that to, to get the job done. Um, I said it last week, guys, the Rosebud's generally the, the second tier of these three-year-olds coming back, and the Times probably suggested that as well. Nothing uh, you know, outstanding on the clock by any means. So, um, look, I think the winner's a decent enough horse, but um, I think in terms of the big features, we still might be uh, waiting to see the, the better ones coming back as, uh, in, a, in the next few weeks. What about Surefire, Davo? Brilliant return. Yeah, it was a great return, wasn't it, Loz? Um, definitely helped by that uh, a strong speed up in front set by Titanium Power. Um, didn't look like a race with a, a stack of speed, but um, yeah, Titanium Power was worked a little bit early and then and then kept the kept the revs up right throughout. But um, yeah, it looks a really promising horse this surefire, no doubt about that. Um, uh, looks to be uh, a nice 
stayer and, and the fact it's able to, to win first up over that sort of distance um, suggests that uh, it's nice and sharp. It's got that turn of speed that we, we need in, in staying races later on in the spring. And, yeah, I'm not sure what they're going to go for later on, but um, there's, there's definitely plenty of options for this gallop. I love the way it finished off. And um, the money was there as well. It suggested it'd be hard to beat and was well supported and didn't let those punters down who, who backed uh, or supported that horse on the weekend. Now, Frumos uh, was a heavily debated uh, ride, I guess, on Saturday. Take us through it. Yeah, there's a lot of criticism, wasn't there, on, on social media, and that's generally the, the case when a, a short price favourite get, gets rolled a lot of the times and, and not able to get a, a crack at them. Um, look, it was there for all to see. Uh, Bowman went back from the wide gate, back to the rail, and the horse got held up the entire straight and couldn't get a crack at him, and was beaten four and a half lengths, but I think it's fair to say probably uh, if it gets out, wins the race, or at least goes very, very close. So um, Stewart's grilled Bowman around the ride. My views on it are that uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with it personally. Um, I know you'd be frustrated if you, if you backed it, being held up the entire straight for sure, but this horse is always going to go back from the wide draw, and I actually think that uh, Bowman did the right thing by finding the rail um, because if you look prior to that, the four winners prior to that race were all on the rail and I think eight out of ten on the day were on the rail. It's generally the case when this rail goes out six or seven metres at Rose Hill. If you're not on the rail, you're, you're at a massive disadvantage. So I think Bowman did the right thing. It's not easy to find the rail from the outside barrier, but he did that. But then it was just a case of everything race tight. He, he couldn't really get out of that position. Maybe you could argue at the top of the straight he, he could have been trying to get uh, a bit wider, but I think he was forced in, inside by a couple of runners uh, to his outside there, and it meant that he just had to wait for the gaps to open, and they didn't. So um, I would have been uh, more disappointed in a rider had they drawn, say, a low gate on the on the day and not had the uh, and not thought about finding the rail. To me, that that's more disappointing than a than a jockey finding the right part of the track and then not able to get out of it. Because, like I said, on certain days at Rose Hill, or certain days at Canterbury, if you're not on that rail. Uh, you are maybe a two- to three-length disadvantage, and Saturday was definitely a massive advantage to be on the rail. So, look, it just didn't work out, but I'm I'm definitely a lot less critical of, of Bowman's ride and uh, than, than a lot of others out there, that's for sure, because uh, I think he found the right part of the track and then just didn't get the luck for mine. I'm assuming, Dave, she'll be one of yours to follow going forward. Yeah, look, it's hard. I mean, Loz, it's, uh, they're not normally the, the types that I like to, to back next time because... They're so obvious that they generally go around under the odds, mm. but I think um, you know, it definitely looks a, a very progressive horse that it does look hard to beat next time out. So we'll put her in the horses to follow, but a little asterisk there around uh, what price she goes around. Surefire, another obvious one. I thought Catalan was very good on return as well, considering the pattern of the day and a race where they didn't go overly hard in front. I thought she finished off very strongly too. So they were the three for me that I take out of the meeting. But, um, yeah, we're starting to get those really good horses back. I heard you guys talking about the, the noms for the Wink Stakes this weekend, 15 in there, and uh, shaping up to be a, a good race. So we get those uh, good horses back. And, of course, a, a Group 1 with the Wink Stakes this weekend. And I just got a note from the ATC. The track is soft seven, Davo, so we've got to be getting close to the good range by Saturday. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, I just read this morning that... Uh, I don't know if it's La Nina or El Nina, I always get them mixed up, but uh, the, the wet weather one anyway is re- returning to Australia from what, September through spring and summer, guys. So, um, awesome. Oh, thanks for that news. <laughs> Can't wait. Expect another, expect another wet six months, unfortunately, so enjoy the sunshine while we've got it. Oh, 
Can I borrow your solarium number, Clark? I'm moving. <laughs> Take me back to Europe. <laughs> yeah, done. Uh, Davo, have a good day, mate. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Cheers. <laughs>